right, we are digging for wisdom. It is our first show of the year. We had our two little special preview get-togethers with several members of the media, which I I really enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed the two digs because I've got feedback from all of them, and they really love being on. Maybe that's something we can do a little bit later on. What do you think about that, Diggs? I, I think that, you know, the, the more the merrier as far as that goes. And it, 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 I'm sure you are very happy with it because you can just shut me up. You don't have to worry about <laughs> having just to deal with me and, and my verbal abuse of you and your commanders and referencing Sam Howell. And, and I, I always feel like I have to be very respectful when we have the great Pat Doney on. So, you know, it's just uh, what what we have to do. Uh, but uh, yes, welcome to season. I kind of consider the season the, the kickoff of season two of the uh, digging for wisdom. Even though we had a couple of pre shows, like the scrimmages. This is yeah. this is when action really counts. Scrimmages are nice, but we got to count the action. And now it counts. War now is where you are going to become the voice of some other program, whether it's Desoto hmm. or Rockwall or Cedar Hill. I bet it's Cedar Hill this year because I know I know you're very disrespectful at the mouth of Cedar Hill, and we'll find out uh how disrespectful you are at the mouth of cedar hill and all the other teams uh so far this season but i I know we've upgraded technology we've upgraded some uh we have our zoom where we don't have limits so you know if every 40 minutes you don't hear this little click in the back now you know it is uh we'd like to thank game day productions for giving us only the best this year so thank you to all of our friends and this uh, year and this year the people get to see our faces if they so so choose if they can get on youtube I don't know if that's a plus or a minus, but they get to anyway if they want to. We're They're going to Spotify man. for this. Yeah, everybody go straight to Spotify. We'll listen to it in the car. It's, save yourself some viewing pleasure. But we are getting started this week. I mean, this is week one. At August 24th, we're starting on a Thursday. My birthday's on a Saturday, so I'm sure Dixie's got something special planned for me. You don't have to release it right now, but... What I really want to talk about is uh, before we get started on some games is, you know, every we're in Dallas. We know what it's like. DFW. We know the heat. We understand how the heat is going to affect the probably the first month and a half to two months. But, man, I've only been here since 05 and I've never seen it go up over 108, 110 to the point where we're pushing games back. And by the time this airs, I'm sure more than half, if not all of the games on Friday are going to be pushed back to later times. What's your thoughts on that? And boy, man, I mean, my grass is suffering. So I'm glad everybody's gone to that synthetic turf because we'd be playing a lot of brown fields, right? I mean, you know, our region is beset by an anomalous high pressure system causing temperatures to rise significantly. It's forming a massive dome that even Jerry Jones would envy. This high pressure acts like a lid preventing the hot air from escaping. As a result, the trapped air heats up even further leading to our current prolonged period of extremely high temperatures. Heat domes can bring about dangerous and potentially life-threatening conditions, especially when combined with other factors like humidity. Furthermore, the UIL has issued guidance this season promoting a newer theoretical model of temperature called the wet bulb globe temperature. It's probably something you're going to do a a show on at some point. The WBGT, it's a measure of the heat stress and direct sunlight, which takes into account temperature, humidity, wind speed, sun angle, cloud cover, and solar radiation. This differs from the heat index, which takes into consideration temperature and humidity and is calculated for shady areas. This temperature directly affects the recommendation for practice exertion and is a big part of why we're seeing the movement of all the games, like you mentioned, from 7 to 7.30 or 8 o'clock. Like in Keller, they're going with 8 o'clock. So, yeah, the meteorology, 
Spontane. This guy's got a big brain. I told you this guy's got a big brain. That's why he's the one digging for stuff. And that wasn't he wasn't reading anything. That was right off the dome. I know you weren't reading nothing, were you? No, I was definitely reading something. <laughs> I'd, li I'd like to thank uh, our good friend. Because I knew you were going to ask about that. So I, pre right. I, I, pre I prevented a little. I, I got my friend Kevin Closel, who's a meteorologist at the University of Oklahoma and a friend to Texas high school football. He kind of gives me feedback on weather patterns and, and whatnot. And I asked him if he would write me up a little something where I could freak you out a little bit. I can't wait to see your face when I was talking about anomalous <laughs> high pressure systems uh, because uh he, he wrote that for me so i was surprised well, you can clip that you can clip that out and hashtag meteorology on tiktok there you go there you go there's our yeah there's our promo for this one depends are they going to watch because they're only going to be talking about weather but it's it's wild because there's a lot of school well there's maybe not a lot but there's some schools that are really we're really excited to showcase a new stadium especially at melissa and they got to kind of push that thing off till eight o'clock to get that thing going. Cause I know that's when that game's going to start. I'll be up at that one. I've seen things on T on the uh, Twitter and social media about new uh, half dome, half out in the open practice facilities, which actually look pretty cool. But you brought up a point about what about the punters? They can only punt the one direction. They punt from the 50 the, that way. So they don't get blocked by the blocked by the dome over top of them. But Future Cowboys, you got to practice with that big jumbotron thing there. That's you can't true. kick it too high there. That's true. That's true. But we are heading into some uh, big time games, and these these big time games are going to be played out in the heat. I got my little uh, just my little neck neck fan. I'll be bringing out because I'll be at four games this week, and one of them's indoors, so I'll leave that thing in the car when that happens. But the other three, I'll definitely be putting this thing into use. Uh, have you decided on a Thursday game? I think as of right now, I'm going to go, I'm going to go out West. I'm a small school. Digsy is, is going to uh, re, re uh, replant the country roads as it were, and, and go down the country roads to Toller, Texas. I've never been to the snake farm and they, they book Toller versus Peaster on a Thursday just to get media out there. Uh, Cause obviously Toller's not having a, a stadium sharing thing. Maybe we'll get Ashley out there, have a little hood County party and uh, uh, really enjoy that. Uh, I really want to see Toller. I want to see how they, uh, bounced back after Crawford took it to him and Peaster's part of uh, the Professor Diggs' uh, District 4-3A report. So, I mean, you get the small schools out there and, and I love it. Uh, but, you know, Toller is a big favorite in that game and I hate blowouts, War. That's like one of my things that uh, I just cannot stand blowouts. And, and that game is kind of projected to be a blowout. So maybe I'll stay local. Maybe I'll head out West. Uh, but I do got Friday and Saturday on lockdown. Okay. Well, before we go on to Friday and Saturday, uh, we all know what your Friday game is, but before we get on to Saturday, what is your option two or three? Is, is there ones you're juggling on Thursday that if you don't feel like seeing a blowout? I mean, you know, Mesquite Horn versus Plano West, that was a really good game last year. I think that was one of the highlights, you know, the top 10 play where you had the, the interception return or something late in the game yeah. or a kickoff return. It was some sort of crazy ending there. Uh, so that's something to potentially consider. Now that Abilene Cooper and Keller have moved to 8 o'clock, that could be a fun uh, game out there. So uh, there, there's definitely a couple of games. Obviously, the main event game is one of our big games of the week is McKinney versus Longview. And that on a Thursday, you don't get much better than that. Right. 
as far as two top tier teams in our area. Uh, but really Thursday is just my chance to get back into football mode. And, and it's very exciting with so many fantastic games out there. And I know you as the producer of Inside High School Sports and all things game day productions has been tweaking and getting that schedule just right and probably sending uh, crews out to all the big games this week. I got him out there. I got him out there. A cruise of t- touchdown Teddy Madden will be out there. He's going to probably go out to Wiley East to see see that game with Burtner. But and then we got Pox out there going to. He's going to get 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 to himself. He usually doesn't work on Thursdays, but I'm throwing him out on a Thursday because we need to get some video. Bryant West Coast, so he's going to go over there to Globe Life Stadium. But before we get too far into it, where we're going, and I'll I'll mention who's going to be at these games as we get through them. Um, Let's start talking about some of these games. You want to start talking about week one? Let's start talking about week one. But before we talk about week one, I just want to give you a shout out. because We've talked about it and it's just fun because, you know, I'm like a kid at Christmas when I see this. But usually on Sundays after the the Rangers game, I put the Rangers game on TV. And then after the Rangers game ends, you know, I just leave Valley Valley Southwest on. And, uh, you know, and every now and then sports stars of today will come on sports stars of tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, Loving tomorrow today. And you know, I was—I didn't even have the volume on, on, but all of a sudden, your name flashed across the screen, and they—they they had all kind, they had all—all all the names I know out there. It was fantastic. And I was like, "That's my guy Ward on TV right there." There's mm-hmm. there's his name under under a highlight right there. We need we need to get we need to get a little highlight package of you and just say Ward Vassol, the voice of digging for wisdom, so you know, so people can put respect on your name when they make fun of you. I do need it when they make fun of me. I heard that ending part there. Came to me a little bit late, but you're right. I got 31 weeks on this show and I got to help out everybody else. So you'll see me on my name, hopefully pop up on one or two different shows. They may throw me on the race week show or unless they took that name off there. Cause I haven't done anything for that show. In probably, I don't know, three, four years, but you never know. But yeah, sports stars of tomorrow is a fun show. And sometimes we double dip that comes on a story from that show will be on inside high school sports and vice versa. So that's, that's some pretty fun stuff. I actually got to be on with Pat uh, a couple weeks ago. He had me on a show doing some preview stuff. So uh, now I can't uh, I can't even go out and shop for stovetop stuff anymore without people rolling up on me. I was like, you'll get your selfie, but I got to get my stuffing and creamy corn first. Then you'll get your selfie. But the life of a super popular producer, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I just got to talk to my fans. We had a successful first show for in, in in DFW. We had Hoss Haney on there. We had Randy Jackson. If you saw that, boy, that I'd like to get your opinion on that because I talked to Randy before he went on the air. He was all set to, like he said on the show, he was all set to be playing calling for an eighth grade team in Fort Worth. And Green was like, "Man, we don't have a coach." And and they kind of played him a sob story about the fact that their seniors are going to miss out on a year, and that's the kind of stuff that pulls at his heartstrings. And he immediately came running and said. Listen, I may not know these kids' names till week five, but if you if they're going to blow their senior season and not have a coach, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try to change the culture out here and get things going at Greenville. And he's really excited about this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, he's looking great. I mean, I mean, you, you see his, like, complete transformation. He's lost some weight. I'm not saying he was big or anything, but, I mean, he, he is – cut and he looks as great as he's ever looked uh, obviously the the high of coming in from Europe and, and having success out there uh, in his royal season and then being a, 
his book is going gangbusters right now. He's doing a great job on that. And he was just ready to, you know, he, he wanted to come give some hot sports opinions on shows like this. He didn't want to give you, you know, he, he wanted to just pull put his personality out there and just have some fun. And then obviously in the back, back of his uh, backyard, Greenville had that last second coaching change and they pulled on those hot uh, heartstrings. And he knows that one of my favorite spots out there is tamales. And, you know, if you can have unlimited tamales out there, get some sponsorships for the booster club you got to go for it and obviously he has a heart of a servant and he is out there uh doing great work as we've talked about in our preview shows if you go all the way back to the 75a division two i didn't really have a lot of good things to say about greenville and, and their no. kind of their hierarchy of where they're going to go i still don't uh but i, I they'll definitely be under good <laughs> Uh, good hands as far as that goes. And unfortunately, I think uh, Coach Jay is going to take a few losses this year. But, uh, you know, culture is a big thing that he's a, he's a part right. of. And uh, he's definitely laying the foundation for future years. So we'll definitely keep a bigger eye on Greenville now that they are uh, now that they have one of the top coaches in the state over there. Yeah. And he's if anything, we can at least get the arrow trending up. I mean, if they even if they don't win a bunch in that, that tough district, because they'll be in there with Melissa and and love joy in them. Even if they don't get a bunch of wins there, at least they should be trending up. I mean, he may be good enough for two extra wins they didn't expect. Even if he doesn't know the players. Hey, 55, go out there and block somebody. Get out there, out there, 55. Well, let's talk about, let's start in 6A, and let's talk about some of these games that are coming up this week. Uh, and let's start with Trinity against Prosper. You know, they play that game at Trinity. Uh, so my man James Harris was there last year, but – now that's in Prosper, you know, James ain't traveling that far. He's even, even if he does love himself some Trinity, he ain't going that far to go see him play. Uh, talk to me about that game. Do you think Trinity, we talking about arrows trending up. Can that team trend up? And if, which way is Prosper going? Because they're losing a lot of players uh, to the new school out there, and they lost a head coach. Yeah, and, and we talked about this significantly. I mean, you know, we talk about fight, you know, styles make fights. And, and this is a game where uh, I'm, I'm looking at last year, you know, Prosper was really on the way up and we had a lot of questions about Trinity, very much kind of the same questions we have right now. And that game was a one score game. It was a slugfest and uh, Prosper had to win out late. When you have Prosper, whose strength of their team is their offensive line. They have a really good offensive line. They've got a new quarterback coming in there. I think they're going to want to compress the game and, and run the ball significantly. We know what Trinity wants to do. They, they want to run the game. Uh, so I'm seeing a game that's going to be low possessions, low scoring. I think Prosper is a favorite, especially at home. But I don't see this being a blowout. I see this being one of your 17 to 14, very, very much like last uh, year, you know, 21-14 kind of games uh, where we might only see three or four possessions a half. I, I know, Ward, you love those two-hour games, and, and maybe James will get up there because he can be home by 930 even with a later start uh, as far as that goes. But uh, Prosper is just, you know, I, I think Prosper has too much experience uh, and too much size. And it's really a great tr uh, test for Trinity very early on uh, because Prosper is probably one of the only teams in the state outside of maybe Duncanville and Louisville who can just line, you know, man to uh, man, just push them around a little bit. Uh, and, and they're going to have to get used to that because as we're going to be talking about as a District 36A uh, 
extends and, and we go on to the regular season and the district uh, title race, North Crowley is kind of the team that everybody is is really looking at in 3-6-A right now. Uh, so this is Trinity's really, a really good uh, a test for them. Uh, but Prosper has so many unknowns right now. So it would not, you know, if there is a game to put on an upset watch, we don't know about Trinity and we don't know about Prosper. So this is one of those games where, you know, it could be a head scratcher. We might need a couple of weeks to make sense of what we're going to see uh, in this game. But I think Prosper should be a favorite, uh, but low scoring, uh, one score game for me. And, and a quick one, which is pretty good for the uh, fact that it's going to be 108, whatever. You want to have a quick game when, that, when it gets that hot. And if there, if you if you have a chance to get some turnovers in that one, that's the one to do it in because you you want to get on a short field and if points are hard to come by, get them quick. Let's talk about uh, the Tom Landry Classic. We got DeSoto going up against Allen at Eagle Stadium. That is, uh, you know, they they played a lot when Kyler Murray was there. They played later in the later playoff rounds, but I haven't seen this matchup in a while. And, and Allen's trying to search, see what they got at quarterback. Well, DeSoto just they know what they got on both sides of the ball. But you know what we we know what DeSoto had on both sides of the ball last year. And this is what got you in trouble because we kept being skeptical of them because those kids never came out to play until Denton Geyer. You know, that's the time that they finally came out and played and showed us their potential was against Denton Geyer. And then they had the project uh, the trajectory upward for the state championship. DeSoto, for me, even though they've had success in seven on seven, is a notorious slow starter. And Allen is a tough team to go in there and win that game. If you've got that college atmosphere, uh, regardless of Allen's success or failure, as far as, you know, if they're going to be great or not, the, the community is going to give them support, at least in week one, uh, as we're figuring things out. I know last year when we were talking about this, you told me that John Bosco was just going to go up there and, and rip them a new one. And and sure enough, they did. Uh, but with this, I have I have a feeling we're going to get a very close competitive game. Obviously, DeSoto is the favorite for a while, but I don't think we're going to. I think a lot of people in DeSoto think they're going to go in there and they're just going to beat up on Allen. And we're going to see like a John Bosco, like 45 to 14 kind of a score. And DeSoto is going to flex their muscles. I don't think it's going to be that easy. I don't think you you go into Eagle Stadium as a Texas team, especially DeSoto, who doesn't travel very well traditionally uh, as far as fan base and some of some of the times you get them is when they're playing 11 and 12. And if they have, if they got to go travel out there, you know, since they have, have been doing the home games, they haven't had to do that. Uh, but when you look in the past, they've, they've had some trouble traveling more outside of that South Dallas area. Uh, so I think the Soto for me, uh, you know, I'm not going to full on put this on upset watch, but you know, I don't think they're going to go in there and just completely destroy Allen either. I think DeSoto, seven to 10 points, a very back and forth game, a fun game to watch. But I think DeSoto, uh, week one, I'm, I'm not sold on their their ability to come out and be strong. And I don't think they have another game for until they play South Oak Cliff. You know, because they only have two non, I think they only have two non district games. I think they got skipped a game uh, that, that because they couldn't find scheduling. Because I think last year they played, you know, some team out of state. Or the team, yeah. They played, they played that St. Francis out of Maryland at one point and yeah that's it's been hard for DeSoto and Duncanville to get their non-district of course Sock will play anybody yeah. and and because they know what they're going to get during the regular season so I think Duncanville's even got two Florida teams coming in or they're going out there or something so it's been difficult no I, I'm going to agree with you on the on one point where they don't travel that well but I also I'm going to disagree I, I mean they may and history says they may start slow I just don't think that's going to happen this year I think the fact that they're going to be 75 to 80% is going to be against them is something that Claude Mathis just loves. He loves that 
something you can yell at them in the locker room about before they go out there. And I think I'm to me, I think there's just so much talent there. I don't think they're going to blow them out, but I, I think they'll definitely be ready. I think they'll win that game, uh, the battle of the Eagles. And uh, I, who knows when that thing's going to start right now. I think it's at seven, but by the time this thing airs, it'll probably be seven thirty-eight. I think we got our guy Pox going out there, but I think the going to take care of this one. Uh, and I think they're going to be a little bit hungrier this year now that they know, you know, they, I don't want to say people aren't watching them week one and two, but they're definitely watching them now that they, they're carrying that belt around with them wherever they go. They're like, okay, let's see what we got the second time around. I, th- I think that's just going to be a motivating factor for Claude Matthews, who's always looking for something to motivate the squad, even when they, you know, even if they play a Mansfield legacy or something like that, we got to find something to, to get them out and get them ready. But I think they'll be ready for this Landry Classic. But you want to talk about a motivating factor. I mean, the fact that when you, you see the pick'em lines with DeSoto and Allen, nobody's going to pick Allen. I can't, you know, maybe somebody, maybe a Matthew Davidson or somebody will just throw a, an Allen pick out there to try to steal a win or something. But Allen is going to be universally panned against in this game. And I think that's a huge motivating factor for them, especially at home. Uh, you know, Bosco had way too much talent. And not to say DeSoto doesn't have significant talent. DeSoto has a lot of talent this year. Uh, but I think that Allen, Allen has got really good depth. I mean, even though they're not going to have those top end, you know, the D1 players that they've had in the past, obviously, like we talked about, uh, they're going to have a really good running back, really good, a couple of defensive ends, a couple of really good receivers over there. Quarterback is that question, but Allen is going to have players out there. You know, one to 22, they're going to have players who are ready to compete on day one. They're not going to be lacking, you know, that kind of element of it, uh, of, of their team. So again, it's something you have to keep an eye on. Obviously, DeSoto is a favorite. Uh, but uh, Allen is going to give us everything. And I think uh, in, in Allen, even if they lose, I'm going to be interested to see how competitive they are. Now, if it's something like it's 45 to seven, we may go ahead and knock them out and start talking about hypotheticals of McKinney Boyd and what happens if McKinney Boyd makes the playoffs uh, in, in five, six, a, but uh, Allen is, is still Allen. You know, we talk about hashtag still Ryan, we got hashtag still Allen uh, and they're, they're still, a 7,000 student school has got plenty of kids to draw from. And I'm itching to see something from Booby Feaster since they talked about him the whole summer long and seven on sevens. And I'm, I'm hoping my guy Pox comes back with two or three highlights of them uh, because I'm, I'm dying to see what this kid's all about. Let's uh, let's move on to my first game of the year. My first game that I'm shooting this year, McKinney at home against Longview on a Thursday night. Uh, man, there's probably going to be media members galore from East Texas and North Texas to see this one because it's the, like you said, the marquee game on Tuesday, on Thursday night. Tell me how you feel this one's going to come out. And this this game has me uh, twisted upside down like the Fresh Prince. But, you know, I, I, I could make a really good argument for why I think Longview is going to win this game. And I should make I can make a really good argument for why I think uh, McKinney is going to win this game. Ultimately, if McKinney is who I think they are, they're going to win this game. And if McKinney is a top five team who can who can be competitive in region one, uh, who is who's ready to take that next step, they should have the depth. They have the skill players. You know, if, if we're matching them up, uh, they match up very well against Longview. They should win this game. Longview, for me, one of the biggest question marks they have is that quarterback. And it, that's a question mark that McKinney had. But I feel like they answered uh, in, in the offseason as far as, you know, getting transferred 
transfers and, and whatnot. Uh, but McKinney is just so loaded. At, and, and you're going to see so many D1 uh, skill position players out there. I remember McKinney playing Temple last year on, on Saturday, and that game was a very boring game, a very just back and forth field possession kind of a game. Uh, and I, I think we're going to, I don't think this is going to be a fun game. So by the way, I think you're going to be a little bit bored down there. You're going to be seeing a lot of punting going back and forth, uh, maybe one or two big plays, which will take it out. Uh, I don't think we're going to see a 41 to 38 kind of an explosive best. Uh, but I think McKinney is tough enough. They've been, they have this game on the radar. This is their proving ground game. Whereas Longview, they have that taste in their mouth from Alita last year that they have to kind of knock out and uh, say, Hey, we're back and, and we're going to be better than ever. And we're going to be competing for that five, a division one crown. But still, even if for whatever reason, McKinney beats uh, Longview by two or three scores, which I'm not saying it happened, it's really insignificant for Longview. It's just like kind of like with South Oak Cliff. South Oak Cliff loses those three or four games. It's not going to say anything for their uh, playoff things. For McKinney, it is going to say something. If Longview goes in there and beats them at home, I'm a little bit worried about them being a, a regional championship contender and able to beat teams like Southlake, Carroll, and Denton Geyer. Uh, so for me, I think it's more important for McKinney, and I think they will step up and win this game. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot riding on this one because you uh, you look at your 6A rating, that's pretty high. If they come out losing, you're going to have to drop them you know, significantly probably, and then you're going to have to go back on a lot of things. So you, you may not have this on your schedule, but – I wouldn't be surprised if I saw you sneaking, peeking your head around the corner, finding what's going on, getting on tweet deck and trying to figure out what's or X deck or whatever they have up there, trying to figure out what's going on there. Cause you know, you made your claims and half the time I stick with you that one, I'm with you a little bit. Uh, you know who I'm interested. I'm interested to see Brian Jackson because man, somebody took the shine off that guy and he was, he was top dog for a while to me, when I saw him against Little Elm, I thought he may have gotten himself too big, like too big of a guy to, I mean, nobody can bring him down, but it may take it away from his speed. But anyway, he's still going to USC. He's still a big time running back. It just seems like he was the the best running back in the nation there at the beginning of the year. And now it's, he's just, he's a four star. He's just a guy, top 10 guy instead. But I want to see where he comes from this week because he'll be going up against Tatum, right? Yeah, and ironically, a lot of people now think that Tatum is the number one running back in, in the nation. So I, I think, you know, as we say, he might be taking that personally, and that might be a really good chance for him to shine. Uh, but I think whereas with Longview that, you know, they're really going to rely heavily on Tatum because a lot of their question marks are at quarterback and, and a couple of the wide receivers since they have to replace Jalen Hale. McKinney's got talent, uh, uh, you know, all around, you know, they're going to have multiple receivers. you got the quarterback, you got a couple of tight ends. Uh, so they're going to have, you know, they can spread it around a little bit more. So I think that might give Jackson a, a better chance to shine. Whereas Tatum, you know, who's going to get it. Can you stop it? It's like that old Trinity and, and Longview, they don't come out there and, and try to be predictable or unpredictable. They come out there and play Longview Lobo football. Uh, and I think that uh, that could be a little bit to their detriment because like, like we said, we really don't know what McKinney's going to do. And that's part of the excitement with them is they have so many weapons. They can throw the ball 50 times or they can run the ball 50 times against Coppell. They became a ground and pound team and, and smashed them out. And, and they did what it took for them to win the game. Whereas Longview, they're a little bit one dimensional right now, especially with the question marks of the quarterback situation. So it'll be fascinating game. Obviously Thursday night, if you can get out there, it is to, not you because you have to go out there. We're paying you to go out there, but you should pay to go out there uh, and, and watch that game is it'll be a fantastic game. You know what else is fascinating? I think it's fascinating that uh, 
Geyer is going out to Heath. Their old coach is now coaching Heath, and, and he gets to stay at his own house out there in Rockwall. Uh, as Rodney Webb's out there, the guy that was worked under him is the head coach over there at Geyer. It's second season for him at Geyer, and you always say the second season where you can really prove things. But he doesn't have that big talent-laden team as he had before. He still has got talent, but he doesn't have the super-duper five-star. He does have a Bowen, though. And then uh, you got Heath over there with uh, with Coach Webb trying to find his way with this new squad here. Yeah, you know, I, I think Heath is going to be a team that has to grow into their team. I mean, I watched Heath last year, uh, and, you know, they took it to Trinity. You know, that was kind of their, their game, their proving ground game was when they went out there and, and scored 10 touchdowns on Trinity uh, on a Thursday night and completely said, okay, we're here. But then they lost their quarterback and had all kinds of chaos, and we know what happened in the offseason. Uh, so for, for me, for this version of the team, I, I still think Geyer is a little bit more prepared. They're a little bit more, more – this is year two. Uh, they, they do have a lot coming back, even though that they did lose uh, the, 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 uh, the the Bowen kid and Jackson Arnold. Uh, but obviously, you know, they have a lot coming back, and they got size coming back. And size travels well. Uh, size can compress the game a little bit. Uh, I think Den Geyer is a pretty big favorite in this game i think even with web magic uh it's gonna it, it's gonna have to be kind of like we saw with that lancaster and reedy game where you're gonna have three pick sixes and a kickoff return or something crazy for heath to uh to get in this game uh, i think heath is going to be a lot more dangerous in week 10 and 11 than they are for the first four or five weeks uh so they're going to be an, evol a, an evolution in process but i think Ben guyer is going to be way better in week one yeah, I'm going to have to side on you, side with you on that one. I think. Well, I, you I, should, Ward. Come on. Well, I should. As well, I should. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about a game that you said you might go to if you if option maybe option three now. But Mesquite Horn at Plano West had a wild finish last year, but Mesquite Horn really found their uh, footing and 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 started doing things in district play, and they were kind of a team that we really like to keep our eyes on. What do you think about this one? I think this has the potential to be kind of a blowout game. Uh, Plano West, we talked about it in our District 6-6A district breakdown that we're just very curious. Uh, obviously, they they graduated heavy uh, and the players that they have come back, you know, I, I think they're probably with Flower Mound, one of the better coach teams in 6-6A as far as understanding the expectations. I mean, we've seen a slew of new coaches in 6-6A over uh, the last little bit. You've got Flower Mound, uh, Louisville and uh, and Plano West that have really had the, the old guard with the coach coaches and, and have that consistency there. Everybody else is figuring out either year one or year two of a system. So you've got that consistency with, with Plano West, uh, even though you may not have the talent, but Mesquite Horn, I just think it, the talent disparity between Mesquite Horn and Plano West is going to be too significant. Uh, I, I think Plano, I think Mesquite, Mesquite Horn is going to get big plays. That's what Plano West is going to have to do. If they can limit the big plays, they have a chance because I think early in the season, Mesquite Horn may make some mistakes, maybe a little bit turnover prone, but how are you going to deal with that speed? How are you going to deal with the fact that they've got the two quarterbacks, the two running backs who can who can fly by you? Uh, so Plano West is going to have to play a flawless game to be competitive. Uh, I think with the talent disparity, I think Mesquite Horn is probably a three to four score favorite in this game. I, I can go with that. Boy, can you, I can, can go with that, can I? I can go with it. There's a game at Kimbrough this week. You're probably going to be there. Plano East is hosting uh, Rowlett. This would be a good chance to get Plano East off to a nice start. You know, it's, you all, you, I feel bad for you because you always have hope and it doesn't quite work out for you the last couple of years. This time is a good time to get them started. They got a, 
a Division One quarterback out there that's getting a lot of kind of pub out there. You get a nice game against Rowlett again. They probably should win at home. What's your thoughts on this one, and what are you going to be looking for as not just a analyst for us, but as a fan of the team? Well, I mean, there, there's, we have to remember Rowlett was very bipolar at times last year. They had, you know, they had some very head scratching losses, but their last game they beat Wiley East, and and that is what is kind of in their memory as far as what they're taking into the off season and what the coaches are preaching about. Look, you guys beat a nine and O team uh, who was a very good team, and and you took it to them. Uh, you played a physical kind of a style. Rowlett's got two D one linemen. They've got a really good wide receiver. Uh, they do have some question marks. At, at some of the skill players, but they're going to be a very physical team, uh, and they're definitely a team you just can't look past. So, you know, if Plano East goes in there, uh, you know, you, you've talked about a couple of quarterbacks that you are, you, you, when you're watching football, Noah Lugo and, and Drew DeVillier and a couple others, you got to see the turnovers kind of uh, yeah. decrease when it comes to that. And Plano East has not done well in winning the turnover battle the last couple of years. And a lot of uh, the, the interceptions are not necessarily Drew's fault at the Highland Park scrimmage. You saw perfect what I call the DAC interception where you know a, a wide receiver just drops it and it falls into a Highland yeah. Park DB's hand and uh, off you go and, and whose fault is that on the statistics you know it, it falls to the quarterback uh, and and that's really the weakest part of Plano East is going to be the wide receiver core they've uh, they graduated heavy on on wide receiver and, and they have a lot of questions there uh, so yeah you got a D1 quarterback but if you got kids who can't catch that ball and, and basically give layups to the other team you're you're gonna find it so you're gonna find it to be a very hard situation uh Plano East has a lot more depth than they've had in the past uh Plano East JV completely destroyed Rowlett last year uh I think Plano East is probably a, a one to two score favorite in this game uh what I'll be looking for for them is how their running game progresses uh how the penalties go because Plano East has gotten better in the last couple of years at penalties uh and, and that's something they have to play disciplined football and, and that's really what coach Benedetto uh feasts on at Woodrow Wilson is, you know, executing and playing well. Uh, and and I, saw, I got to see a little bit of a peak of that against Highland Park. They played as disciplined as Highland Park does, and, and that's a compliment to them. And obviously Highland Park plays at a very high level early in the season. Uh, I think the Panthers should be a favorite, but I think it's going to be a very good game because Browlett uh, is not going to come into this game scared. They're not going to come in rolling over. And they are, they're probably feeling a little bit disrespected that a lot of them are, a lot of people are not picking them to make the playoffs after they knocked off Wiley East last year. So I think that uh, Rowlett's going to come in here with a chip on their shoulder and something to prove. It's a very dangerous team. Well, you brought up uh, you brought up Drew and, and the fact that uh, if you don't have receivers, you can't really put up numbers and 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 be seen like that. You kind of – it immediately made me think of Seth Russell over at Garland. I didn't realize he was as good as he was until he got down to Baylor because he wasn't really throwing – that much or had that many receivers out there, but he ended up being a starter for Baylor for a year at least. And that was a nice little comparison. I like to throw out there to you, Diggs. You can throw it away if you want, but that's what I'm going to do. Quality, you know, or like a little Sam Howell comparison when you lose yeah. your big receivers over there, go down. Let's take it to the big time. Then let's talk about the commanders. All right. We're, we got a game right outside. Left hand up. I'm, you're you're gonna be a part of this squad at some point. Once we settle on a real name, I'm gonna send you a hat. But until we, uh, if I send you one of these W hats, people just think you work at Walgreens. All right, let's talk about uh, Marcus hosting Highland Park. You know, I just heard the other day that Marcus has got a Nussmeyer in there, and he's not gonna start probably this year, but he's coming. 
so they got another Nussmeyer ready to toss that thing around at some point. And uh, the man, I don't. It feels bad calling it the Cole Wellerford experiment, but he came with such hype. And when we saw him at the uh, quarterback challenge that we did last year, his eyes were so big and wide. Like every single thing that was happening in Texas was kind of new to him. It was surprising how everything was so big. And I don't know. I think it it, it might it will do him some good to be over there with Jason Witten and Liberty Christian. I think, but th- they're hosting. Uh, Highland Park, and they got a new head coach over there, Mike Alexander at Marcus. And this is year one. You're not big on coaches in year one, but he's bringing in the Scots. Fight, 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 Scotty's fight. So what do you think about this game? Year one, game one is what we're dealing yeah. with against Highland Park, who is the epitome of being ready on game one. You know, I, I think next week uh, when we talk about Louisville and, and Highland Park, uh, you know, I, I'm already, I'll just go ahead and you can clip this out and put it in next week's uh, uh, DFW podcast. But I think uh, Louisville is going to destroy Highland Park next week uh, just because of the size disparity uh, and whatnot. And, and, and I'm, I'm bringing that up now because I don't think that the score what we're going to see with Highland Park and Marcus is necessarily going to be indicative of what we might see in the Battle of the Axe when we see Louisville in, in, in Flower Mound Marcus because Louisville uh, is, is going to be good early and Marcus very much like we talked about uh, with, with, with some of the other teams are, are going to get better like kind of like Rockwell Heath and they're going to get better as the season progresses and they understand the assignment but drawing Highland Park in week one is a really hard assignment. I did I did get a chance to see Highland Park against Plano East in, in the scrimmage uh, and Highland Highland Park's two quarterbacks are really, really good. Uh, so you got the, and, and that's probably the strength of their team is their quarterback position. And, you know, Marcus losing Welliver, you have to kind of look at that and go, well, what, what's going to happen there? Uh, you know, obviously the, the defensive line is solid. The running, their running back is at least the one they highlighted in the, in the scrimmage. It was like five, six. You got Deuce Vaughn out there, uh, you know, running. Obviously got good speed, but, you know, size-wise, you know, and to me, I think of Marcus, what's the strength of their team? Probably that defensive line and, and linebacker course. So, can Highland Park's offensive line, uh, you know, or can they spread the ball out, find a way to get out in open space? And if anybody can figure that out, it's probably Randy Allen. Uh, I think if we if we're talking in week nine, week ten, I, I might pick Marcus in a bit of an upset. But week one, I think Highland Park has got to be a pretty safe favorite in this game. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, let's talk about a Thursday game. I got a Teddy Ball game out there on a rare Thursday night. He usually doesn't like to work on Thursdays, but I'm putting them out there because I'm interested in this uh, Timberview game against South Grand Prairie. Yeah, Newsom, uh, a very good 5A team, middle kind of a middle of the road 6A. And you remember how South Grand Prairie started last year, and you kept telling everybody, man, y'all need to just chill. They're starting off bad, but they'll still be in the playoffs. Do they have a chance of doing that again, or can they get get some wins early, especially against a team like Timberview? Yeah, that's a loaded question board because you, you kind of got multiple layers that I have to agree with. Uh, but I don't see I don't see South Grand Prairie winning any of the games that they uh, lost last year. And I also don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. But at the same time, as we talked about in our 8-6A uh, district breakdown, this whole district is down, uh, you know, from, from top to bottom. You know, I, I got a chance to see Arlington Lamar against Saxe. And Arlington Lamar might be one of our surprise teams that we're going to talk about. Uh, from what I remember coming back from South Grand Prairie and what I saw with Arlington Lamar, Lamar might be good enough to get number two in this district. I don't think 
are quite at, at, at Arlington Martin level yet. But again, very brief snapshots of, of these teams. I think South Grand Prairie has earned the right to be number two in, in District 8 6A. Uh, but Mansfield Timberview is, is just kind of too much size and uh, in, in, in too much running game. I think uh, Timberview is probably a good two to three score favorite in this game. Uh, you know, and, and we're going to be looking at South Grand Prairie because are there young kids going to be able to compete at a high level against teams like Timberview? And we're going to have this four week window where we're going to get an opportunity to see kind of like we're going to see with Cedar Hill and some of these other teams uh, in South Oak Cliff who are playing these killer schedules. Uh, but I don't see South Grand Prairie, you know, beating Coppell or, or, or Rockwall or any of the teams that they played last year and lost. Uh, so I think Timberview is going to take it to them early in this game. Uh, and I think that they're going to uh, take care of business. So my apologies to, to your guy out there. I don't think he's going to be seeing a competitive game. Well, well Teddy, that's all right. He's okay. used to that. Ted's used to that. He's I put him on games that I know be a little suspect, but I thought this one might be pretty good. We'll see. It's a nice little Thursday night game. Uh, you say eight six A is down. Is this a chance that Arlington can make some moves and push their self up into number two? I know you were talking about Lamar, but Arlington's playing Mesquite. Now this has nothing to do with the playoffs, but both of these teams, when they get into district play, they're really going to try to battle to get into that postseason. They're, they're to me, they're both kind of borderlines, either five or four, or or every team battles to get in the playoffs. What are you talking about? You can go <laughs> with your generic cliches out there. They're going to one play at a time, Ward. We're just going to one, play, one at play at a time. Well, listen, Duncanville didn't battle too hard to make it to the playoffs. They're in just on town alone. But these two teams are going to be battling for. You know, they're either in or out. It's one of those deals where it's right down to the wire there with those two. And maybe they can show us something in this game against each other. This is one of those games that it's a head scratcher for me because, you know, I, I would default to thinking Arlington is a little bit of a better team, but we know they lost their quarterback, uh, Sam Semi. Uh, and a lot of people are, you know, I'm starting to see articles come out about Mesquite High and they're being underrated and, and they've got really good talent. And I've heard some in, internal turmoil over at Arlington that, you know, a couple people have quit the team or, uh, you know, you're just not going to get the Arlington you're expecting on paper, maybe in, in May when you're looking at after spring practice, it's, it's not the same team over there. Uh, so they're a little bit down. I, I'm a little bit sour on, on Mesquite High. You know, I, I think Tyler Legacy has been my team that, that I'm looking at for number four. And I think Roy City is a pretty solid number five. So I've got Mesquite at number six in that district right now. And they're feeling very disrespected with some of their top line talent. So this is a game that I'm going to be very interested in, in really reading the box score and learning from. Uh, because these are two teams that have a lot of question marks that I need to learn about and figure out, you know, what is their true true trajectory? You asked the question, is Arlington a, a dangerous team in, in, in 8-6-A? Right now, I feel like they might be the team on the outside looking in. Bowie is a team I think is on the on the rise, and Arlington Lamar, from what I saw in a very brief 90-minute scrimmage, is a team I think is on the rise. But you know what happens, Ward, that you, know, you, you get these rumors put in your head and you start to sour on a team. And remember, Arlington gave North Crowley everything they wanted yeah. last year, and then we're going to get a chance to see that. Uh, so Arlington might be feeling like, you know, feeling a little disrespected at all this talking ready to come out and show things and show where they're at 
I have this inkling. I just have this nudge that's telling me to pick Mesquite. So I think Mesquite's going to find a way to win this game. But what does that mean? You know, that's what I'm going to have to find out in reading the box scores. Because are we just having two bad teams playing each other and, you know, it just is what it is? Or are we having two really good teams who might have the potential to make playoff runs playing each other? Or do we got two middle-of-the-road teams playing each other? So there's going to be so much in this game that I'm really wanting to learn about with these two teams. And I think that will kind of give inside into the districts based on 86a and uh, 106a or 11 uh, yeah, 106a uh, based on how both of these teams do all right well, that's the roundabout way of getting to what i was saying earlier this is going to tell us what they're going to do in district play uh i do feel bad for the skews they just lost their prize receiver over to south oak cliff when elijah beza moved on and so that's why i'm going to kind of give that you gave the inkling to mesquite i may give the inkling to arlington so we have a little little tussle here Difference of opinion. Difference. But continuing in 86A, Martin's got their annual game with Lake Travis. At least it seems like an annual game. Uh, they're heading down that way with a new coach. Uh, are they going to be able to compete with Lake Travis? And uh, talk to me about first year with new head coach. And you talked about how Marcus brings in Highland Park. Well, he's going down to Lake Travis on the road. Yeah, same problem right here, having to make that really long road trip out there. Uh, and and you know Arlington Martin has played Lake Travis well over the last you know I think they this is game the fourth time they played each other and yeah. and Martin may have won more than they've lost in, in this little series I know they won last year uh, I think Lake Travis is going to give a little bit of payback this year I think Lake Travis uh, is is going to win this game by three or four scores and I think uh, Lake Travis has a you know I'm going to be very interested to see how Martin's offense uh, competes against a really talented and well coached Lake Travis defense. Uh, I, we may not see Arlington Martin score in this game. I'm I'm a little nervous about that. I think Arlington Martin may get uh, mega beat. If you you know, got Megatron and, and Transformers, that Martin may take the mega beat down on this one. You know. I, I, I keep trending down on Martin. The more I learn about them, the more I read about them, the more I see on their scrimmage talk and how they did against Trinity and whatnot. I'm very concerned about Arlington Martin this year. And, and you don't want to go to Lake Travis on a week one uh, if, if you're unsure about yourself. And with this version of Arlington Martin, I'm very unsure about this team. Uh, so I'm going to take uh, Lake Travis big. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a tough one. I, I think they'll score, but yeah, you're right. That's going to be a tough one. Uh the one that I'm really excited about, and I got Ted going to it, is Wiley East hosting uh, Richardson Berkner. Obviously, we got Berkner on the come up. Uh, you upset people earlier in the year with the, your hype on Berkner, but they got good young players. And the way you test good young players is you throw them on the road against the district champion. And so they got Wiley East, who's got Michael Henderson on defense. He got seven picks, something like that, last year. A couple we brought back for touchdowns. And it's on the road. This is the only reason I'm I'm kind of swaying it towards Wiley East. But what do you think about that game? You know, we I, I mentioned with McKinney and uh, Longview that you know, and, and you kind of highlighted it. How I got to put my reputation on the line with yeah. with that game. You know, I got McKinney number number four, and you know, a number four team in the area uh, should obviously do that. And as you remember, my rankings, uh, we had no nine six A teams in there, but Richardson Berkner made it, so that should let you know uh, who I'm picking right there. Yeah, obviously, exactly. You look at the rankings, and uh, obviously, I think Berkner is better than Wiley East, and that's one of the things I had to think about in doing that 
that because Wiley East uh, could have slotted into that number 25 as well. And if Wiley East beats Richardson Berkner, I can guarantee you Wiley East will be number 25 next week when you mm. check out our inside high school sports rankings. Uh, but I think Richardson Berkner has way more talent than Wiley East. And I think they have way more depth than Wiley East. Uh, both of them have question marks as far as consistency goes. Uh, and obviously you have to, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man and Wiley East when they, when they got hit last year by Rowlett, they folded really quick. I, I think they were the beneficiary beneficiary of that really weak schedule. And they got to the nine and O and were starting to feel good about themselves. And they really weren't that good at, at that point. This Berkner team should be able to beat Wiley East and might even be able to blow them out uh, by two or three scores just to be safe. I'll probably take Berkner by a score, uh, but I'll be fascinated. And if I'm wrong on that, maybe Wiley East is better than I've given them credit for. And maybe they do deserve to be in the top 25 and a team that we consider uh, on there. They did slot into to the Dallas Morning News as number 20. So Leah, you know, we, we, we loved Leah as part of that. Mm. Maybe she advocated for Wiley East uh, as far as that goes. Uh, but I think uh, Berkner is my special team this year and I'm, I'm taking my Rams. There you go. We'll go out there on a limb. I still say they're young, man. It's great uh, talent, but it's young talent. And, but, and then on the other hand, Wiley East, Wiley East has got young talent. They're do everything. Got quarterback is up in Purdue now, uh, what Terrell Washington. So I guess they got to fill in that spot as well. So I'm still going to hang with Wiley East in this one. We'll see what happens. Hey, how about an indoor game for the Wizard this week? I love it. Saturday at the Star, Cedar Hill, Rock, uh, Rock Wall. Uh, I'll get to see my buddy Olivia because she said she's going to come out to that game, see, give her sniff around, see if Cedar Hill's on the come up or what's going on because she had, took a beating last year with that two and eight season. What do you think about this one? Well, it, hopefully it'll be closer because Rockwell really stomped them out last year, especially in the second half. What do you think about this one? I think uh, I'll, I'll come down and maybe bring you some rosters. I'm thinking about going to this game. All right. I like Saturday. it. And, and uh, you were so kind last year at the uh, at my Texas High School Coaching Association Sports Writer Banquet and uh, being generous with my kids and their birthday, bringing, you know, bottled waters and, and coffee. Yeah, some coffee. So coffee hopefully grind. I can bring you uh, whatever the star has from the press box. As, as, as nothing. A token gift of my appreciation <laughs> for you. Uh, this is a game very, you know, I almost want to just cut everything I said about Arlington and uh, Mesquite and put that in here because I think both of these teams, it's going to tell us a lot about their teams. But, you know, it, it might take another week or two of calibration for that to really factor in. Uh, I was a big talk, uh, big topic on Facebook uh, on one of the uh, high school football groups is uh, Cedar Hill and South Oak Cliff and Flower Mound, the Jag your Jaguars, uh, scrimmaged. Uh, and uh, Cedar Hill was very competitive in, in, in that scrimmage against South Oak Cliff and much better than Flower Mound, by the way. So sorry about that. Uh, although everybody was very complimentary about Flower Mound's size. So, you know, you got the Evers kid at, uh, you put him on the line and, you know, bulk him up and you never know with them. And obviously Flower Mound's always had really good offensive and, and defensive lines. Uh, and it's just the skill kids this year, I think that are, are going to be the question for them. But obviously the coaching, as we talked about with 6-6A, they're right up there. I, I, who's been there longer, Odell or, or ba uh, Basil? I think, man, I think it's neck and neck. It may be Basil. I mean, it's close, you know, but you know, he's close. been there for a while, obviously. Who is her? Vanderford. Was it was Vanderford? Yeah, yep, yep. yep. Vanderford. But they've only had two, like two coaches there the whole Yeah, the whole I believe so. Remember, Vanderford was all about 
killing them with points. You know, they score 70 and give up 78. But that was fun. That was fun football yeah, to watch. Fun football. There, you know? So, uh, and obviously this has been a little bit of a different uh, version of Flower Mountain. But here you are asking about Cedar Hill. Oh, we're talking about Rock Hill. We're, we're, Cedar we're Hill. breaking we're down six six a historical <laughs> Flower Mound uh, talk as far as far as that goes. But all that to say is Cedar Hill was very impressive in their scrimmage. Uh, so I think we are going to see uh, a bit better of a game. I remember last year you were very disappointed that you said Cedar Hill just came out there and decided to give it up pretty quick. Uh, Rockwall got out on them early. But re- reading about Rockwall scrimmage, I'm very high on Rockwall. Rockwall has you know, got a lot of good talent, and, and they're getting out there and, and feeling high on themselves. Uh, so this is going to be a fascinating game, and it may be a game that's going to take two or, weeks, two or three weeks to figure out what it really means because we might have two teams playing really high levels of football maybe week one maybe playing a bad football game because of the quality of their teams uh and it might take us a while to figure out hey these are two really good teams that maybe we've underrated a little bit now i've got cedar hill you know in the top 25 and right there on the precipice of making the playoffs and the more i learn about cedar hill the more i think they have a chance to beat waxahachie or mansfield and slide into that four spot uh but still i think rockwall is just a little bit more talented uh, and, and, and it's going to come out a little bit more prepared for this game. I think Cedar Hill still has to figure things out, uh, but uh, you know, we got year one as well as far as that goes. Uh, but I think this year one could be a little bit of a different year one because uh, you know this was a, a coaching change based on uh, just not connecting with with the locker room and and obviously uh, uh, this coach has really connected well with that community and is connected with the locker room. And I think we're going to see Cedar Hill coming out better than they were that, that we saw last year. Uh, and obviously I think coach Lynn's going to do a great job in Crowley. This has nothing to do with him or his ability to coach. It's just some personalities work better in, in certain places. I think his personality might work better in Crowley right now. And I, I think it might be a situation like we saw with uh, Mesquite Horn and, uh, and North Crowley that you swap the coaches and both teams are better. And I think with Crowley and, and Cedar Hill, you swap the teams and I think you're going to see both teams are better uh, than they were before and i think cedar hill is better so i think we're going to see a more competitive game and i think even though olivia might be disappointed she's going to walk away uh even though her team is going to lose going i think we got something this year and i think we can compete for a playoff spot can i tell you what i'm worried about this is what i'm worried about with you going to this game if you if you stick to it and go to it i'm worried for trey brooks because he's throwing two quarterbacks out there and he probably saw what happened uh, with Lovejoy and you last year, and if you happen to catch your one of the quarterbacks catches your eye, we may have ten weeks of you just giving Brooks the business. Why isn't so and so starting over so and so? This could be why isn't Marshall starting over Locker? Why isn't Locker starting over Marshall? Uh, Coach Brooks, man, just be on the lookout because if if one of your guys goes crazy and has throws for three hundred, you better keep him in there. Or Diggs is gonna be all over you. And we're going to have this with Highland Park and Lancaster as as well. So, you know, we're going to have a the recurring theme, you know, we're we're, we're going to act, we're going to do some new things, maybe a mailbag this year, uh, right. you know, kind of shake it up a little bit. Maybe we'll have Diggs's two quarterback penalty box or something this <laughs> year. We'll get it sponsored by a, a bond company or something and get yeah. out of jail from Diggs's heat. Get well. out of jail. Obey all bondsmen. I got you. All right. Well, a game that I'm kind of, I, I usually hit every year. We're not hitting this year uh, because we hit them every year. This is the 102nd meeting of the battle for 287. Uh, this one's in Ennis, Wachahatchee against Ennis. 
Uh, your thoughts on that one? Because you remember how I felt last year. I got to the game and uh, Ennis had done quit. I couldn't find, uh, and maybe you can dig into your Ennis sources. Do you have any Ennis sources? Because I don't see, uh, I don't see Sam Harrell on the sidelines. I didn't see him that game. I don't know if I my guy saw him when he when he when they played. Uh, was it? Would they play Melissa when they got all those turnovers for touchdowns in the playoffs and it almost pulled it off? I don't think my guy's someone. Is he no longer on the sidelines? This is somebody. Something you got to dig. Is he? Is he? I think he's up in the press box. I is think he in the press box? Just you know, calling the game from the press box, just to sit down and yeah, uh, obviously he's... fighting that uh, that disease. And and we wish him the best. And we got our thoughts and prayers with him. Uh, th- this game, I think, is going to be different than what we saw last year. I think Waxahachie is trending down. I think Ennis is trending up a little bit. So I, I think we're going to see a little bit of the gap closed. Uh, but Waxahachie as a 6A program, uh, it's just got more depth and size and, and talent than Ennis does right now. They've kind of passed each other by. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if very soon they quit they, they quit uh, scheduling this game because I don't know if uh, Waxahachie gets much out of this anymore. I mean, it's, it's obviously a big rivalry, uh, but Waxahachie has taken it to that next level now. And now you're, you're playing Ennis and you're like, you know, wh- what do we get out of this if we win, you know, if we blow them out? But Ennis has everything to play for. So I, I could see this kind of going by the wayside uh, in the next realignment. Uh, I think Waxahachie is still a favorite, but I don't think it's the 40 points or whatever it was last year. But I think Waxahachie is still a solid two-score favorite over Ennis. You get a big uh, you get a big sign that says 287. That's what you get out of this game. You can't give that up. I just told you it's the 102nd thing. You're telling them to get low the kick it to the curb. Can play them. I mean, we got we got other teams on 287. You can't kick this okay. thing to the curb after 102 times playing it? No, Diggs. You're going to have to take that up at a town meeting or something. I mean- Stuff happens, you know. Denison and Sherman are probably going to be trending away from playing each other pretty soon, either. So, if you say Trinity and Bell's going to stop playing, then we might as well just shut this whole thing down. But I'm yeah. telling you that Trinity Bell game, week eleven, you 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 it's might be right something. there again. It's you want to start doing the week eleven podcast right now? Right, so you talk Trinity Bell. Let's talk about the battle of champions. Let's talk about the battle of champions that we got here. You know, Rich Reginald Samuel's uh, protege, Jason Todd, coming in with back-to-back titles. Duncanville's got a title uh, in the last last year as well. They're going down to SMU. Last time Duncanville was SMU, it was a downpour, and they completely shut down Prosper. Now he's taking on Sock, and Sock's trying to learn about themselves, right? They got a new wide receiver with Berea coming over there, and I think we both agree that the majority of their talent is on offense and except for Brandon Jones, who had like 200 tackles last year. When I read that stat, I was like, what in the world? Is he just pushing his own guys out the way to get these tackles? But, and that must mean he played more than a half against half the, you know, six, six, a squads that there are six, five, a squads that he was playing. But tell me what you think about this game. I think we know how it's probably going to turn out, but uh, what about the competition in that one? We got a lot of D one talent out there. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game to watch as far as, you know, picking out positional players and and watching them. Uh, The football game itself might not be a high quality football game. Uh, Just this early in the season, you know, Duncanville can't find anybody to scrimmage them anymore, Uh, you know, and it's just one of those situations where a couple of years uh, the scrimmage has gone out of control. I think North Crowley one year and Trinity one year, uh, and it's just been a problem for them to find people who will scrimmage them. So I think they're going to be a little bit rustier than South Oak Cliff, who obviously 
able to play anybody anywhere, which is why they're able to get scrimmages, even if it's a three-way dance with Flower Mound and uh, Cedar Hill uh, playing 6A talent. And again, that just really speaks to South Oak Cliffs. We'll take on anybody. We want to get better kind of a thing, uh, kind of a mindset. Duncanville is just so much better than South Oak Cliff and so much better just about everybody else in the state right now. Uh, so South Oak Cliff having to replace a lot of these keys and not having the depth that that Duncanville is going to have. And obviously that defensive line is just crazy. They got what, three now, three, four stars on that defensive yeah. line. Yeah. Uh, I think Kevin Ford got upgraded to a four star now uh, with uh, everything they've got going over there. It's going to be just crazy. I don't think South Oak Cliff's offensive line can play with Duncanville's defensive line. They just don't have the depth. I think the skill kids can. Uh, I, I think there's elements of that where you can look at and go, okay, South Oak Cliff can compete. But that's exactly what Coach Todd wants to do. He wants to get them hit in the face and see what it's like so when the game, uh, the game will slow down for them uh, when they get to the playoffs and they have that muscle memory. Uh, I don't see this being – I think we're going to see second and third teamers in the second half – uh, significantly for Duncanville. I think Duncanville will name their score and just turnovers and other things will factor out, but I kind of see a, a 41 nothing kind of game here. Well, you, uh, we talked about this a couple of times. Uh, Colin Simmons told us he wants to get 40 sacks, so he's probably going to need to get four of them in this one, somewhere between four to five, get off, start off in a nice, nice pace. He was telling me how he's planning on doing it too. He's, if he sees a double team happen on him, he's just going to push one of these other four stars over and he'll take their spot and get in there and get the sack. So should be interesting to see what happens in that game. Uh, we got another champion playing, Alito. They got a home game at Tim Buchanan Stadium. They're playing Paris Episcopal, and Alito's looking to get their licks back. You know, they they lost their first two games. We forget that because they won 14 in a row. They want to get their licks back against this Episcopal team who who has talent. I mean, I, I was shocked to find out. I mean, I guess I've seen them so much. I forgot that Sawyer Anderson's just a – just a junior. Uh, I know you don't talk too much private school ball, but he's just a junior and he's, he's a, uh, I think he committed somewhere and they got the Maddox Reed and they got this Caleb Mitchell Irving on the defense. But for every one player, I tell you from Paris, you can probably tell me three at Alito that's got just as much talent, if not more. And I, I think they're a, a bit on a revenge tour right now the, as far as the fact that uh, they didn't like Parrish beating them last year. I, I know that was kind of a, a black eye to them and their program. Uh, you know, even if they won't explicitly say it as that, I can say it for them because I, I'm the DFW blowhard who can come on and say whatever he wants without too many ramifications unless uh, Parish Episcopal give, get, does an exorcism on me or something. You know, they, 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 they got some higher powers over there at Parish Episcopal that I got to worry about when I'm uh, talking about them. But really, when I was breaking down that original game last year, yes, Parish Episcopal is a, a very good, you know, they would be a 4A D1, 5A D2. They'd be a top 10, top 15 team. But I wasn't super impressed. And that game, they got out big on Alito, and Alito roared back in the second half. They just didn't have enough to finish it off. And I think uh, last year, if they would have played that game even three weeks later, uh, Parish uh, Alito would have probably beat Parish Episcopal by a couple of scores. And then that kind of presented itself when South Oak Cliff beat him uh, a couple of weeks later. So I think Alito is going to manhandle Parish Episcopal. I, I think they're going to give him a little bit of extra salt on this game. Uh, you know, and, and I think we're going to see like a 35 to 14 kind of a score. I think Alito is going to just beat him up and, uh, and, and run him out and, uh, Eight o'clock start at Buchanan Stadium. Is yep. that really, you know, we talked that we're going to be talking about opening new stadiums, especially as we go into 
5A talk, and do you really want to open up a stadium, you know, the renaming of uh, Buchanan Stadium? Ah, that, that's a tough draw. You imagine if I went to that it game. It to be the, Bra- the Brazel Stadium renaming. I don't like that yeah, at all. Yeah. You imagine if I went to that game at eight out in Alito, when would I be get back here in Flower Mound? Yeah. 1150, 12, yeah. just so when you're waking up. probably 11 a.m. On, uh, on Sunday now, so you'll be, you'll be back for that. Yeah, exactly. So witching hour for you, 12 o'clock, man. You're, you're just getting ready to go, warmed up. Hey, uh, dump, um, that's right. You were you, dumping at 12. That's true. You were going to exit out. Hey, uh, to speaking about getting licks back, I know Ryan wants to get their licks back against this new Brunswick team. They, they sandwiched, as we talked about earlier, they sandwiched two meltdowns from the beginning and the end of the season. And New Brunswick was the first one. Uh, I believe they're coming up here this time, right? And then what do you think about that game? It's at Mary Harden again. They're, they're, oh, they're, Mary neutral, Harden? Okay. they're neutral siding it. So uh, they both get to do their road trip uh, down the interstate 35. Uh, you know, this is going to get, we, there's so much we don't know about Denton Ryan. And obviously new Bronzeville is not in my wheelhouse, uh, but I know that Denton Ryan should have won that game last year. Uh, and obviously new Bronzeville is a, is a top six, a team Well, not top six, a team, but a good six, a team, you know, they're a, a, a solid, you know, Coppell like kind of a program. Uh, Denton Ryan should, and this is going to be the, the door opener. Are they hashtag still Ryan? Because if they are hashtag still Ryan, they're probably going to win this game and they're probably going to have some sophomores and juniors that we get on our radar. We're going to be Nate. We're going to be dropping their names uh, the next couple of weeks and talking about how good they are and, and the kind of players they are. Uh, you know, they're probably looking at the Dallas morning. I think they got ranked number 18 or 19 in the Dallas morning news rankings. Yeah. They they put Lake Dallas over them, Lord. To me, that's oh about that, that's disrespectful right there. You got Lake Dallas getting put over you. That's Five disrespectful with the fingers, right? Disrespectful with the fingers. That was very disrespectful. I, I looked at that and I was like, man, they must know something about Denton Ryan that I don't know to put Lake Dallas over uh, them in, in, in that way. Uh, so I think Denton Ryan's going to have that chip on their shoulder and I think they're going to start out this. It, it's got to be the chemistry. And if and if New Braunfels comes out and, and beats them and, and out-physicals them, then I think maybe we can be really worried about Denton Ryan. But I'm not going to be worried about Denton Ryan quite yet. Obviously, in the district that they're in with Alito, they're not quite at that state championship level uh, but they're still a quality hard out kind of a team and i think uh if they're going to be that team and not be the team that gives up a three score lead to red oak you got to go to mary harden and beat new Braunfels. i'm with you they're and unicorns I think that's going to happen the unicorns get them. get them at the old neutral setting no collapse please come on they're acting like my lungs they just started collapsing another good one from the wizard all right, now texted uh, my man James T. Harris, and the T is for tantalizing. James T. Harris has decided to help me out on a Thursday, and he's going to go see uh, Frisco Wakeland at Grapevine. Wakeland bringing Brennan Meyer, one of our, our best quarterbacks in the DFW, and he's going down to Grapevine. That should be a pretty decent matchup. I mean, didn't Grapevine take him down? I, mean, I know you – I forget who you picked last year and you were wrong. I was wrong about that. I know that. Let's see. I got my, my score. Yeah. I picked Wakeland by 12 and they lost by 21. They lost by 21. And it started a good good little run there for Grapevine because they went on uh, and took care of their district as well. But I don't see Parker Polk on that sideline. They finally got him out of finally. there. Finally. He's been they there for 10 years. Finally threw a diploma at him, told him to beat it. 
So tell me, what do you think about this year's game? It's going to be down there at uh, Mustang, Mustang Panther. Yeah, and again, this kind of gets back into the I'm going to have to die on my sword kind of a thing. People have been giving me uh, grief about picking Reedy to not even make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting shot all kinds of footage of them beating up Hebron at their scrimmage. You know, Hebron and, and Reedy scrimmage each other like, you think this team that's manhandling Hebron is going to not make the playoffs? Ha, 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 Diggs, you're an idiot. At least they do it privately. and They're not, they're not publicly calling me out about that. Uh, but if Wakeland is the kind of team that I think is just right under Frisco Lone Star, got to beat Grapevine. You got to beat a, a Grapevine uh, team that's got a new coach uh, and is trying to figure out their identity. Uh, and I think Wakeland, uh, after last year, that up and down, you know, the fact that they lost to Sherman and and, and beat Lone Star or whatever, the, you know, just the, the yeah. craziness of Wakeland's season last year, uh, you got to start out on a better foot and they got to beat Grapevine. Uh, I thought they needed to beat Grapevine last year and Grapevine, you know, gave them the business. Uh, so obviously I think that there's going to be a little bit of a revenge factor and a memory factor. It's not, you know, Brennan Meyer's not going to have to think back too, too long to remember uh, this Grapevine squad. And I think they're going to take care of business this uh, year. Just, just because of the newness of, of Grapevine, Grapevine's got a, they graduated a big senior class and uh, Wakeland's just got a lot more coming back. So I think the comfort level is going to be there for those Wolverines. And I think they should finally, I, I picked them by 12 last year. I think I'll stick with that. They're going to win by 12 this year. What else? Just a year. I say, why don't you drop it down to 10 just to feel a little safer? They're, they're, they're go for two. All right, they'll go for two. Hey, really. speak, staying in Frisco, Lone Star, I believe they're traveling out to Texas High, right? They're taking on Texas High. Should be a nice game. It's a, if they're traveling out there, it's going to be a nice bus ride for sure. You know, Lone Star is the answer to the trivia question of the last team to beat Highland Park at home. Yeah. Uh, I was I was doing my research on that because I think Louisville is going to be the next team to beat Highland Park at home. You got Louisville stomping me. I can't wait to – you got my man Pat nervous because he's going to that game, and he's like, I don't know if I should go no more because Dick says they can get stomped out. I said, they're still playing at home, man. I can't they're see him getting stomped out yeah. like that. I mean, it's still Highland Park, you know, and, right, and Highland Park beat them last year, you know. So, I mean, they, they've got Yes, that. I definitely remember the Lone Star win because Mims got that touchdown right in front of my man Pox. Uh, they had Garrett Rango out there. It was a, good, it was a great game. So, are they going to do something to Texas High out there? You know, and, and that and that speaks, you know, that's kind of a point, you know, like why are we talking about Lone Star and Highland Park from 2019 or whatever? Because Rayburn, he, he doesn't fear the road trip, you know, like it, the way he prepares his team, you know, what, and that's why they go out there. That's why they go out to Texarkana and, and play these games because they're getting ready for the playoffs. Because, uh, you know, when, when you're having to potentially play in the second round of Barbers Hill or Port Arthur Memorial or one of those crappy teams you cover out there on your <laughs> Houston show that we don't like and we just don't care much about or i don't even know what is, is barber is that like a city is that a place is that a, a hill a place. what is barber's hill is that it's like a, a place it's a nice little city and they got a decent quarterback this year if you get oh, your haircut barber's hill is that what you do at barber's hill like what do you do at barber's you hill? Get, if you get haircuts out on top of this big hill and don't they have like a full name isn't it like mont bellevue or something yeah mount bellevue Barber's Hill, but let's just stick oh, so with Barber's What is Mont Bellevue and what is Bar what are, what are all these places? Just relax like and please tell me about Lone Star. Is it City? Ah. Is it like Far San Juan Alamo or something? You got all these cities, Mont Bellevue and Barber's Hill and all that. But Frisco Lone Star is going out to Texas High to be ready for that kind of a thing. And Rayburn, did the, the Rayburn magic. I mean, we talk about some of the up, up and coming coaches and Rayburn has obviously done a fantastic job at Frisco Lone Star. I mean, the adversity 
speed they had to overcome last year and as competitive as they were in, in some of those games, you know, we're just years old, you know, the state championship appearances, regional final, state semifinal appearances. I think Lone Star has a really good chance and a really good pedigree to get back there, depending on how the young kids do this year. I think Texas High is obviously, you know, they, they got upset last year, so they're going to be looking at this as a chance to get back in there. I think it was, was it Terrell that beat them last year? Terrell, yeah, it was the last, yeah, the the last taste yeah. they got in their mouth. You know, and, and do you know who Texas High's coaches coaches? Who's that? Coach Stanford, who was at? That's right. He was at Marcus. Marcus. It always comes back to 6-6-A Ward. (laughs) Always. It always comes back to Plano East, really, at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, Grimm Stadium is a very tough place to play. I've covered a game out in Grimm Stadium before. That was the first time, actually, as as a media person, had to go through uh, metal detectors and getting wanded and stuff. I was thinking Hmm. to myself, well, I guess we are in a uh, – we're going to be in a hostile atmosphere. If the media, you got to worry about us and our laptops out there as far as that goes. But Mm -hmm. I think Lone Star is going to win this game by two scores. Excellent. Yeah, they get their – they do got to figure out what's going on because they get their district play started week three. Against Reedy. Yeah, against Reedy, the team. The the Reedy fans are already telling me we're ready for week three. You're gonna you're gonna come on out there. I'm more worried about week four when they I think they play Wakeland in week four. That's like a Thursday game. I'm probably gonna find that game. Go ahead and pencil all those games in on your schedule. I'll write them down, man. Let's see if we can get you a pass. Get get me out there. Speaking of getting me a pass, give me a pass for Cedar Hill and Rockwall while you're doing that. All right, we'll do it, buddy. I got to figure to talk to on that one because my man Matt Wixon didn't want to hear about it. Ain't no Frisco teams in there. I'll figure it out. Let's talk about Lake Ridge and Summit. Uh, Summit got off to a rough start last year. They got stomped out early by their little Mansfield, by both the Mansfield teams. I got Mansfield. The Tigers got them in week two. but you got you throwing a lot of praise and flowers their way. So do you think Summit's going to take care of Are they going to get their licks back against Lake Ridge? I mean, this is one of those, again, we, we've talked about there's about five to ten games this week that uh, we're going to find out very quickly. Am, am I right on some of these things or am I just – you know, embarrassingly wrong. But I mean, we're talking about Mansfield Summit against Lake Ridge. Lake Ridge is two classes over Summit and is playing in one of the toughest districts in 6A. Uh, so a even very experienced Ridge, quarterback, too. Very experienced. Yeah, Kellen is just absolutely a, a fantastic uh, quarterback over there for, for Lake Ridge. And they got their issue is depth. I think Summit has actually got a little bit more depth. And, and week one is the kind of time to, to get them because, you know, Summit's going to have the fact, hopefully, they're not dealing with injuries after. Uh, uh, scrimmaging and, and off season and, and whatnot. So they should be theoretically as healthy as they're going to be with their frontline players. Obviously, if they have to lose two or three uh, players to injuries, that's where Lake Ridge would probably be a little bit better uh, able to overcome that with the, the 6A depth. But even with that, I mean, there's only 400 students or so between these two schools. So even though we're talking about 5A division, some it's at the high end of 5A division two, yeah. like it's at the low end of 6A. So it, it, I, you know, I, I give the point yeah it's two different classifications like north crowley and love it's really not that big of a deal as far as that goes but even to that end summit should take care of lake ridge uh i mean if summit is the number two team in the area which i think they are and i think they're a de facto even my boy matt step he thinks mansfield summit's going to beat uh, south oak cliff in, in the regional finals uh so i mean i'm not the only one who's who's right. feeling the summit love uh, so, you know, the morning news is very disrespectful about Summit. They've got them down there in Denton Ryan range. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, don't worry about them. It, it, it's Mansfield Summit. You got to worry about Mansfield Summit. And I think they make a statement. I think they win by two scores. All right. Well, tell me, I think they're going to get their looks back in both those games. But 
We will see. Uh, we'll talk about the Mansfield game next week. This week, let's talk about Denton and Newman Smith. Uh, Newman Smith is one of your adopted teams that uh, you're you're looking. The, you see them trending up, and you're ready for them to. Uh, I can't see you picking Denton in this game. So, tell me about what how Newman Smith's going to win and why. Were you at that game last year, Ward? The the crazy comeback where Coco I was won. Not. No, I didn't make I it. To. You were. Uh. Uh-uh. But I mean, I think I think Denton won the game last year, if I, if I remember right, like 35-34 or something. Uh, but I think Newman Newman Smith, uh, they've got a couple of D1 uh, commits now. Uh, they're really trending in the right direction. Uh, I, I think Newman Smith, especially Denton, lost a big chunk of their offense. And Denton's kind of that forgetting, for, forgotten school in Denton ISD. You know, you got Braswell and Ryan and Geyer, and then you got little brother Denton over here. They're, which of the Katy schools would you say is like, like that that school for them they're probably like katie taylor people kind katie of forget taylor. about them poor katie taylor why do you hate katie taylor <laughs> you're the one who you, you put me up to a guy gosh darn it well but i would have said seven lakes or something i don't know was seven lakes ever done anything? seven lakes probably that way except they were really good in basketball mm-hmm. yeah, this this year and last but we're on a tangent again stay on track we're talking newman smith Newman Smith won last year 43-42. Okay, so that was the comeback. Say one by one point. This year they're going to win by 21 points. How about oh, that? All right. That's what I like to hear. All right. That's a Newman Smith. It, I've got I've got the green and gold Trojan outfit on. and, and Hey, Coach said he's going to hit you with gear and all sorts of stuff if he ever came out there. Standridge, because you were talking about you hadn't been to Standridge. I need to get it for me. Kenny is the Newman Smith as Diggsy is the plane. That's true. Kenny could autograph it for you and give it to you. I don't think Kenny likes Plano East like I like Newman Smith. So I'm a little bit mad at Kenny. You clip that and you let Kenny know I'm That's true. Let's buzz him in real quick. It might be too late for that. Should be Plano East should be everybody's second favorite team, except for yours. It can be third, your third favorite team. Third. Although I do wear that that uh, Pittsburgh Pirate hat that you constantly think is Plano East. Well, Let's is. talk about my favorite game of the week, Argyle at Melissa. I'll be at that one. Melissa opened up that new stadium. It's gotten all kinds of buzz. Uh, they got all sorts of stuff planned. They they doctored their schedule last year, so they had six road games last year, so they can get six home games this year. And, boy, they are talking a lot of talk about they, – they actually said uh, – what did Nigel Smith tell me? He said – they have a lineman from McKinney. He didn't say which McKinney school that's supposed to be something special that he transferred over there. And we know what kind of talent they got on offense. I think this is a well-rounded team and Argyle's got a lot to that graduated, but they still still Argyle, right? They're they're still Argyle. And if you look at my rankings, I have them right next to each other. I've got Argyle number four, Melissa number five. So you might be thinking, my God, Diggs, he's gonna be taking Argyle in this game. You don't open a season, you don't open a stadium and lose. You just can't do yeah, that. You cannot you open a stadium and lose. If this was at a neutral site place, I'd probably take Argyle. But Melissa at home, brand new stadium, the glitz and glamour, the pressure, getting all of that up there. And I was uh, I was seeing highlights of the Melissa scrimmage against Anna, and they were handling Anna like you're like maybe Anna is a little bit down the way they were handling them. And I know Dave Campbell has ranked Melissa number one in the state of Texas. I disagree with that, uh, but you know they I, what I was seeing in that Anna scrimmage was indicative of a number one kind of a team. I don't like to give Dave Campbell's any credit when it comes to rankings. I, I like to like I like my own rankings, 
but they might they might have the edge on me on this one. I don't know if Melissa's going to win a state championship, uh, but I think Melissa's definitely might look the part. So I think week one against Argyle at that new stadium, give me Melissa by a score. I still think Lovejoy's better than Melissa, though. Nigel says, uh, Nigel says, this sounds like Simon says, Nigel said this is going to be the first state title of many. So, oh. Take that, and I don't know where so your pipe well, they come at. Up to put in your pipe. And they get districted with Allen and them. Enjoy, enjoy playing Dave Goddard. <laughs> it's one of many. Well, you said Lovejoy. They got College Station. Talk to me about that game, Lovejoy. I, you know, I've talked about this ad nauseum about how Peyton Pierce thinks some of the seniors that he didn't think showed the kind of leadership he would have liked have have gone, and now he's they're ready to play some ball here in 2023. Are we going to see a new, a different Lovejoy team, ones that handle their schedule and get to that Melissa game at nine and zero or eight and one? I mean, Lovejoy is playing a very South Oak Cliff like schedule. You've obviously got Argyle. You've got uh, you've got co- this College Station team, a team that made it to the state five uh, A yeah. Division one state championship last year, and then you got North Crowley. So they they're going to be tested out there. So it, it's very much like with Brock. You know, what is Brock going to come? At? They they have four really tough games, and South Oak Cliff, same thing. Cedar yeah. Hill. We keep talking about these schedules with really tough uh, teams. I, I've seen a lot of people are taking College Station and and. A lot of people point to what happened last year. College Station lost their, I think their running back got hurt the, in preseason uh, right before the season started. So they had to move a receiver over or something and they had to, all kinds of chaos. Uh, so when Lovejoy thumped them by four or five scores, a lot of people said that's not indicative of the College Station team that you can come to expect. But when I look at College Station and I look at their roster, uh, obviously their best player that stepped uh, uh, Step steps out to me, uh, shows out to me. I don't even get that word right. I've used it twice now. Stands out is the correct word. Stands there. out. It's it's word salad word. I'm getting to that age where I'm getting that word salad. Uh, Arrington Maiden really stands out as the player to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, obviously, a, a top talented quarterback uh, and and makes that thing go. Uh, and then you got Jackson Verdugo at receiver uh, and a couple of really nice players. And and they've got that. Tr- uh, you, they've got all of those things. But Ward, I'm going to give you a little Houston quiz. You what know. Who in Region 3 and in Region 4 uh, in, in the Houston 5A Division 1 is worth a damn? Like, I mean, in, in their in their big picture of their playoff thing, who, who are they really looking at? Fulshear is the only one that really is worth anything. I mean, you got full share. I'll, I'll even throw one at you. Maybe even Manville. This in Valley, you know, is is always been good out there. But you know, you you look at that region three, and you know, you got full share and and Smithson Valley. If they can get by them, obviously that nine that nine five a with the Houston ISD and Galveston team, yeah, uh, Galveston Ball. You know, it's there. And then you look at the region four, and and you look at that, and you're like, okay, well maybe Veterans Memorial or something, or or PSJ North, uh, but. It, whoever comes out of region three is going to be a big favorite. So I I think people who point to college station as making the state championship last year, the only thing I look at that now I'm impressed by is the fact that they had six weeks of practice, you know, because they Mm. got to have 16 games of practice and Lovejoy only got 12 games of practice uh, since they lost to Lovejoy. That's the only intangible that I'm personally looking at them going to the state championship and going, yeah, that's something you need to really consider. Lovejoy, when you start looking at their roster and you go down their roster versus you go down college station, 
Nations roster. Obviously, you got Peyton Pierce. You got Parker Livingstone. You got Taylor McCutcheon. You got the new tight end, Bear Tenney. They also got a tight end from Wimberley, Ridge Barker over there. You got Matthew Maynard coming back at running back. You got Hondo Franklin at quarterback. And obviously, Arrington might be a little bit of a better quarterback than Franklin. But obviously, he's really good with that team. He's got three D1 receivers around them. You know, you got Chase Bogle over at linebacker. You just go depth for depth and love you told me about a you told me about a db that's coming up right you told me about a young db yeah yeah i mean you know he 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 was from frisco transferred over there he had to set out set out his freshman year he's going to be a big player over there so i think lovejoy i don't know if if this is the the signature win for them uh because i they beat him last year and obviously had you know went down the toilet after that uh but i think they are a better team than college station and and i think college station was probably better served when they were in that 85a uh and had to play all the dfw teams as far as their playoff runs to get them ready i don't think that playoff run in, in the houston side of things they might get a little bit further but i don't think it does them any favors in getting ready for the state championship game yeah Good point. Yeah, all you're doing is getting me itching for week 11 and that Lovejoy Melissa game because I think you'll be there and it'll be at that new stadium, right? And Unless Plano East is playing on Thursday, but they usually play Marcus on a Friday or something, right? Yep. But that's got me itching. You know what you're talking about? To, oh, go ahead. I'm, just bashing, I'm bashing your Houston teams. Like uh, I bashed Katie and Fulham. Well, I'm about ready to bring up another Houston team. I'm going to anyway. We talk about these historically uh, – traditional games and week one we're going to have heights against uh cleburne do you know who the quarterback is at heights now yeah i know you don't but i'm gonna ask you anyway. no clue i don't even know who the quarterback cleburne is if we're being honest <laughs> if we're being honest it's reggie mcneil jr man you remember reggie mcneil at texas yeah. A&M? his son is just as electrifying he transferred over to heights and they've got all sorts of uh i mean they're not, they're not going to go too terribly far in the playoffs they may go around but they're very excited because he's apparently got the same uh, same kind of moves his father did when him and uh, Vince Young we used to go back to back. So I'm pretty excited about that. And they're playing uh, Cleburne down in Midway. Apparently that's the big traditional game I had from way back in the day. And they started that rivalry up about three years ago, maybe maybe four. Yeah, for the, for the hundredth anniversary. Yeah. Or something. So that's pretty interesting, wouldn't you say, Digsy? I think it's very. Where where was he before? Like, do you remember? He where was he, at. Uh, he was at Katie Morton. It's another Katie score. I think he was at Katie Morton Ranch. Okay. Well, there there's another irrelevant Katie ISD school. You could have mentioned instead of Katie. Why do you Sorry. hate Katie Taylor? Come on. They don't do much in the football field. They had one tremendous offensive lineman that's at A and M right now, and is probably going to go to the Olympics for the shot put. But other than that, he was blocking for who? Nobody. Nobody was doing nothing. But, you know, in District 4, uh, 5A, as we talk about with Cleburne, they have a really big uphill battle with Lake Belton and Shoemaker and Midlothian and, and Red Oak. And I even like the middle of that district with Colleen Ellison and Colleen uh, and, and even a Waco team that is is getting better. So Cleburne uh, is going to be looking for wins, and I don't think they're going to find it in all the height places. Uh, I think uh, I think Houston Heights is probably going to blast them by five, six scores. Uh, Cleburne, I think they had a couple of freshmen who were there really – their bread and butter last year you know when, when you're hoping for sophomores to beat a reggie mcneil a junior kid it's not a good good day for you right and I, i'm sure you saw byron eton jr uh he uh committed to grambling state so this is how i know i'm getting old because i when i got here he his dad was just on his way to oklahoma state or whatever i'm sure you saw him a lot on the football field i didn't get to see him 
at Lincoln football field. Now his son's out there. And when they start becoming coaches like Riley Dodge, then you really, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's definitely, you're definitely wrapping it up. Hey, any other games you want to talk about before we shut this thing down? You know, when I, when I'm looking at some of the games that, uh, you know, you, that you, like I talk about with Arlington and, um, and, and Mesquite and a couple of the, you know, where I'm looking at necessarily, not necessarily who's going to win, but how they're winning North Crowley just jumps out because they, they have such a bad non-district schedule until they get love joy. Uh, you know, can they, are, are they going to finally be the kind of team who can beat a team like Sam Houston 70 to nothing, or are they going to still play around with their food? Cause I don't think they beat them very badly last year. Uh, so, you know, are they going to be that kind of team that uh, finally steps up and says, you know what, we're a top five team in the area. So uh, North Crowley is definitely a team I'm, I'm keeping an eye on uh, Byron, Nelson versus Plano again you know with Byron Nelson both of these teams I think Byron Nelson's a pretty clear favorite in this game uh, but you know this is the first time that we're going to see Byron Nelson defensively and Plano has a new coach so I'm kind of fascinated uh, to see how those two confluences happen is Byron Nelson going to be a team uh, that goes out there and can shut down Plano uh, or is Plano maybe a little bit more offensively diverse with their new coach over there uh, and, and same thing with Northwest Eaton and Braswell you know you talked about Luke and him needing to eliminate turnovers. Well, Braswell had their way with Eaton last year in week one. Uh, so Eaton should be a little bit of a favorite this year, uh, but will they actually take advantage of that? So that's a game I'm going to be a little bit fascinated with. Uh, even in 6-6-A, because it always comes back to 6-6-A, uh, Fossil Ridge and Flower Mound. You know, what is Flower Mound going to be able to do? Uh, what is Fossil Ridge going to do? I don't know what this game is going to tell us much about either team, uh, but I think when we start to put together the pieces of 6-6-A and 4-6-A, uh, this is going to be a very important game as far as figuring all of that out. Uh, you know, going down to 7-6-A, uh, obviously Jesuit and Hebron is going to be a fascinating game. Uh, Hebron has so much unproven talent, but they've got really good talent. And Jesuit's kind of got that Highland Park where they start out very well. Uh, you know, they're very, very well coached. But then, you know, by the end of the year, they have a, the beneficiaries of a good uh, district schedule. So they have to take these games against Hebron and, and Highland Park and Lake Highlands and Berkner and really grow from them uh, to find out where they're going to be. So I'm fascinated with that game um, going down to 5A Division One. Uh, I, I think uh, Burleson Centennial versus Burleson, you know, trying to figure out what Burleson Centennial is going to do after F Philip Hamilton uh, graduated. You talked about Parker Polk. I feel like Hamilton's been there for eight years as well over at Burleson Centennial uh, and Burleson with their new coach, you know, we're going to try yeah. to find out that uh, obviously Lauren Cherry are uh, the, our friend over there at, at Burleson, the director of football operations. I'm always cheering for her. We grew up together at the old coach before you poached me from the old coach. Ward, you're such an evil, evil man mm. for, for writing that contract the way you did. Uh, uh, Justin Northwest against Rock Hill. You know, we're trying to figure out what we're going to get from both teams after Rock Hill lost their, uh, their quarterback to Oklahoma, uh, Kevin Sperry. And then, uh, you know, learning about Lake Belton and Colleen Shoemaker, obviously that's going to be a big part of uh, our, my prep. So seeing how they do against Leander Rouse and San Angelo Central is going to be something I'm keeping an eye on. Birdville Crowley is one of those fun games for me that uh, I'm really going to kind of dig into because uh, Crowley got Carlos Lynn over there and, and they had, they, I think they, they beat Trinity last year, right, Ward? Yeah, yep. 
So, you know, Birdville is, is a team that's expected to be right there in 5-5A. Five, five uh, so that's a team, that's a game I'm fascinated with. Uh, a game I'm not fascinated with is Reedy versus Azel because Azel lost their best uh, running back to Brock. So I think Reedy is going to thump Azel. So don't read into it, Reedy fans. You're going to beat Azel, but, you know, don't don't come at, don't be adding me on, on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it now, uh, just because you beat Azel because uh, I'm not impressed by that uh, quite uh, quite yet. Uh, and, uh, you know, McKinney North against Garland, I'll, I'll be fascinated with that game to see what McKinney North is able to do and what Garland's able to do. Forty Crandall, the last couple of years, Ward, has been just, you know, must-see TV. So uh, a couple of years ago, I think that game went to triple overtime, and last year I think they scored over 100 points together. Uh, so learning about Forney is going to be a very fun game for me as well. Now I'm going to breathe and, and ask you, Ward, so you can talk a little bit. Uh, you know, Tell us what's coming back on Inside High School Sports. Tell us what we're going to see on the show. Any any new segments? You got any new people? I mean, you got Joseph Hoyt leaving, uh, going to his new place. So so tell us about the show, Ward. Yeah, he's covering the Cowboys now. Boy, everybody seems to be leaving high school football to cover the Cowboys. I don't agree with it. Maybe he'll if he does a good enough job, uh, they'll boost him up and he'll get to cover the Commanders. But he's just got to make sure he does a good enough job though to get the big to get the big uh, big beats big beats. Hey, we're going. I'm also going to be at that. McKinney North Garland game. I'll be bringing that uh, head fan with me, neck fan, because I'll show up at the Cedar Hill game. Sweaty as all get out. And then uh, I'm interested in the Midlothian Seguin game, not mainly for a talent wise, but Coach Wendell tells me he's got some new things playing with Westco because, you know, I, I just, we're doing a story on Westco, which is the reason why we're going there. We need to get some video of them. But it's it's just going to be interesting them running the flex bone and and he's I'm sure he's got one guy that's going to keep an eye on that defense to make sure they're falling asleep on the flex bone and then he'll hit three or four big hits out there to Westco and I think that'll that'll be interesting I just want to see how they're going to use him I got my guy Pox out there it's an easy Thursday night gig for him and you mentioned Joe leaving we got Sean McFarland now he's our new guy talking next level so that's going to be and he did a good job this past week, and he's going to be ready to go again this week. And if I can get him off that Rangers beat a little bit more, maybe we'll hear some more from high school football-wise. So he'll be Rangers, back. Rangers, we got Cowboys. He, you got all the beats. He's got all got the beats. Leon, he does, goes and does the Olympics or whatever. Yeah, go see Messi and sit in line forever to see Messi play FC Dallas. Like in Buffalo, have to go hang out with your old friends out there. Yeah. I'm sure she enjoyed that. I'm sure they all told her great stories about me. Uh, let's see. What's this week's story? We're talking, well, we're talking about the Melissa Stadium. It's, they got some uh, emotional things going on there. One of their parents is a big booster for the team, and he ended up passing on, and he left a saying, let's go to work, and they're going to have that on a stone that they all rub when they run out there. Actually, they tell me they're going to be in a <laughs> – I'm trying to vision this, but they said there's going to be a birdcage in the back of the end zone because they're the Cardinals. And they're all going to get in this bird cage and run out of that. And it's going to be like a bird box, Sandra Bullock type thing. I guess everybody's going to be blindfolded. No, I don't know about the blindfolded part, but they're going to be running out of cage, all sorts of tech. You know, they got that rock I told you to rub. And it'll be one of the few stadiums that I don't walk off of and have those little rubber uh, pieces of tire in your shoe because they're, their synthetic turf has got like wood chips type deal. And it's supposed to keep it, uh, man, they were telling me like 10% cooler than anything else. You're not hurting yourselves when you're getting down on one knee and coming back up, burning your leg up. So, so they've got all the bells and whistles. 
Say it again. It's only gonna be one twenty on Friday. Yeah, there's gonna be wood chips. Exactly. So it'll be an interesting weekend. Like I said, we're on ten a.m. now on Sundays. Ten a.m. right after the meet the press, and then we're back on again eleven thirty uh, Sunday night. So I'm ready. I'm ready for some football. I'm ready to get that thing on my shoulder. Sorry, sorry I made you miss your the replay of your show. That's right. We missed the replay. <laughs> That's all right. I don't need to see it twice. Well, maybe I do. I need can't to. wait to see the birdcage. That, that might be your next viral video. If, if that will be pretty interesting. Calling. Yeah, can you believe that? Just a basic pan of the phone, and all of a sudden ESPN is calling for it. ESPN. Interesting. You got scoreboard on, on, on the kids. What does Beans think about that? You he doesn't like it. Bean Boy doesn't like it. He's doing weird dances and stuff with his brother. Nothing. I do this with a phone, and I'm the man. So, like I always tell him, I'm the wizard. Everybody knows me, and everybody wants to be like me. Whatever that is is not going viral either. If, any, if anything, they're going to cancel us. All right, that, that's a wrap on this podcast, Diggs. I'll see you at some games. And we'll do it all again next week. We'll do it next week. We'll see you down the road.